the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The book of Judges provides for us a marvelous look at the gospel as it pertains to how Christ has purchased and done everything on our behalf. We're exploring that next here on Way of Grace. Join us. Judges is a peculiar read if you spend a lot of time in other passages of Scripture. You get to Judges and you begin to wonder just exactly what's going on. Well, if that is you, I invite you to stick around, as that is where we are at here today on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We're taking a look at the fights of faith for His glory and the motif that the book of Judges presents to us as it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Join us for an encouraging look at Jesus in the Judges. Here's Pastor Jesse with today's broadcast. What are the fundamental conditions of enjoying a land that you didn't earn and a land that you don't own? What are the fundamental conditions? Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is the essence of the law, is it not? And then your neighbor as yourself. Wherever the people of God are in the world in number, when they actually operate out of the priority of loving God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, guess what God will do? Bless the land. Wherever God's people are and they prioritize God as the maxim of their existence, essence, and identity, God will bless their domain. He will bless it because they are there to be a witness to God's grace. I don't care what your domain is. It can be a one bedroom apartment. God can bless it where the whole neighborhood is rotten, but your place. And I'm talking about across the spectrum of your walk with God. The domain that he gives you, that he placed you in, he can bless it as long as you hold him as the highest authority in your life. Now, there are a lot of people in this room who know what I'm saying is true. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He has given us life, strength, and health. He has given us abundance, and we don't deserve it. But he did it anyway because we hold the banner of King Jesus up in that territory that he gave us so that he gets the glory from it. Did that come home, saints? Very important, and we're just laying a foundation. So then I want you to go to uh, the book of Leviticus because I want you to comprehend this. This is Leviticus 25, verse 23. So now I just share with you that the promised land, I'll expand that in a moment, is a land that you and I didn't earn. Didn't I just share that? But it's also a land that we don't own. I'm getting ready to clean some things up with bad eschatology here in a moment. Listen to what God says. 
the land shall not be sold forever. Do you see that? For the land is the children of Israel's. So I wanted to sit there for a moment. I wanted, I wanted to sit there because, again, politics has infiltrated our theology and has corrupt, corrupted our understanding of eschatology. And we buy into the presupposition that the land over there in Palestine is the national, the, the, the land of the political people of Israel, as if they get to own it without any kind of condition. In fact, they don't own it at all. God lent it to them. And the grounds upon which they could stay and be blessed was obedience to God. Did y'all hear that? And their return could not be a consequence of what we call horizontal contracts and horizontal covenants, but a yielding to and submission to the crown rights of Jesus Christ. Until that happens, they are occupying the land wrongly. All right, you can run for cover all you want. I'm just helping you to understand, and this is true in the grace of God as well. Getting ready to help you. For the land shall not be so forever, for the land is what? Mine. For you are what? Strangers and sojourners with who? All right, so the reason that Israel stays in the land is because God is in the land. The reason why Israel is blessed in the land is because Israel is called by God to remain a stranger to the world. The people of God, any time in history, are called to be pilgrims and strangers because our kingdom is not of this world, as is the case with Christ and the triune God and his glory. Where we begin to operate like the world, we then become strangers to God. And at that point, we are waging war with God and God already put it in the contract. If you go a whoring from me, and pursue strange women, I'm going to divorce you and send you out the land. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? It's important for you to get that. Now, it's important also for you to understand that there's a New Testament counterpart. Mark that down because you'll hear me talk about that in the future. See, it's one thing to own your own house. It's another thing to rent. And when you rent, you know every now and then the landlord gets to knock on the door. Is that true? Now, haven't I told you that the resident landlord in the soul of every believer is the Holy Ghost? I will say that one more time. The resident landlord of every believer is the Holy Ghost. The Lord Jesus Christ is the mediating monarch, but he's in glory at the right hand of God the Father. Your body is not your own. God owns it lock, stock, and barrel. And so you don't get to do with your body whatever you want to do with your body because Christ paid for it with his own blood. And the Holy Ghost is resident with you in order to govern and navigate your walk with God because your body is his. So as your soul, so as your mind, so as your heart, the whole of all that you have is a function of grace. God earned it in Christ and God owns it as his and you and I are to walk with him in that relationship if we're going to be blessed. Am I making some sense? Right. The Bible makes it very clear. Look at it. Uh, Ephesians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. Y'all know what I'm saying. I, could, I should be able to keep going. But I understand I got to keep teaching. You got to see it with your own eyes. Do you understand that you have been bought with a price? 
the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies, which are his. Have y'all heard that Bible verse? Right. But do you act like it? No. You act just like the children of Israel. So I, I, I just need, I need an honest sinner. I'm still on my way to heaven. I'm still on my way to heaven. Honest people not going to hell. Honest people not going to hell. Now, you know you don't get up in the morning and say, Lord, what shall we eat? You know you don't get up in the morning saying, Lord, what shall we listen to? You know you don't get up in the morning saying, Lord, how should we be talking today? You know you don't. You know you act as if you still are Lord of your body. You know you do. Listen to the scriptures. In whom you trusted, that is the Lord Jesus, after you heard the word of truth, that is the gospel of your salvation. In whom also, Christ, after that you have believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of what? Just like the Old Testament is a promised land pattern, you and I have the reality of that promised land in the spirit of God. Does that make some sense? And you and I have merely what is called the dowry, our down payment. We have simply the pledge of all of eternity, which Christ won by himself at the cross. You and I have the Holy Spirit, the down payment of the whole of the promise. That means that the Holy Spirit in your life and mine has a right to tell you and me how to think, how to act, how to talk, what to do, where to go, when and when not to, in order for us to be blessed. Am I making some sense? If a man or a woman therefore walks in the spirit, they will not find themselves doing what our Israelite brethren are getting ready to do. You see how there are parallels between the two saints? You can't get away with it. So according to Romans chapter 15, 4, these things were written for our learning. Are we learning something? And according to 1 Corinthians 10, they're written in order that we should not lust after evil things as they did. Isn't this study therefore important for us? All right, so I want to walk through second point because under the first point, and we'll pick this up as we go through our, our uh, series. Under point number one, the land of Canaan was a grace gift. We get that, don't we? Uh, the, it's the Lord's land. It's our privilege to be called to it. We don't earn it. We didn't earn it. We don't own it. And, uh, and, and that is parallel to the work of the Spirit of God in your life. Your body was purchased by Christ at the cross. Point number two, the command was to do what? Take it for God's glory. Now, this is where the problem comes in. So the nation of Israel was told by God that he had prepared a land for them. And you and I know Jesus is the forerunner into heaven for us. The angel of the Lord, which is really the Old Testament Christ, was a forerunner for Israel into the promised land. Was he not? The Holy Ghost, that is the Lord Jesus, he went into the promised land to prepare them an entrance into it. But here's what God has always called his people to do, which is something I think becomes a cognitive disconnect for you and me. Listen to what it says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Hear, O Israel, you are passed over Jordan this day. Now, this is the account of Israel getting ready to transition from the wilderness into the promised land. Y'all got that? They're right on the brink. And there's some lessons to learn, as we'll see in point number three. Here, o Israel, you are passed over to pass over Jordan this day to go into possess nations greater and mightier than you. Do you see that? All right. Lord, slow the clock down. Slow the clock down, Lord, so they can hear me, so your people can hear me. Don't ever think for one moment that your trial of faith is a whole lot more difficult than the trial of faith of the people of God in the Old Testament. Don't 
think that for one moment. If you have the lens of faith, I want you to think about this. How much faith does it take to go into a land that your God says is his and you have to take it from people that are greater and mightier than you? Y'all with me now? Don't ever think you're better than the Old Testament saints. Don't ever. In fact, I promise you, God has given you and me a better lot. A better lot. Our trials are nowhere near the trials of those people who had to enter into physical conflict with the adversaries of God. Don't ever play down Joshua or Caleb or any of the saints who crossed that water into territory they had never been before. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? We get up every day and we make a circle around our jobs, our schools, our homes, and a handful of people. And very seldom do we run across real opposition and we're constantly crying about how bad things are. Verse two. I'm sorry, stay at verse one. I'm just going to teach today. Cities great fenced up to heaven. Now notice what God does here. He does something that most of us won't do. He'll tell you the truth. Most of us like to hedge and fudge and minimize important points because we fear the people. Notice what God says. I'm I'm taking you to a land. Oh, yeah. By the way, the people mightier than you. They're bigger than you, more number than you. And their their land is fenced up. Okay, how high is the fence, Lord? All the way to heaven. Do you understand what kind of obstacle is in front of you right now? Okay, it's important. Look at verse two. Got a few more verses to run. I should stop doing commentary. A people great and tall, the children of the Anakim, whom you do not know, of whom you have not heard, of whom you have heard say, who can stand before the children of Anak? That is an echo of Revelation 13. Who can make war with the beast? This is where we collapse here in our nation under the edicts of politicians. Soon as they tell us, we collapse under it, even when it's contrary to God's word. Am I making some sense? Right. And so here's the children of Israel being told very plainly, you can have these guys boasting that nobody can beat them. Verse three, understand therefore this day that the Lord your God is he which goes before you. Stop it. Understand this day, therefore, that the Lord your God is he which goes before you. Get this, children of God. Remember what we learned about understanding yesterday, men? Understanding means to take it apart and put it back together. Take it apart and put it back together. Get get this, men. I'm going before you. This is your hope. I'm going before you. So in other words, he's not one of those armchair generals standing way back on the top of the hill looking out over the enemy. He's saying, oh, y'all got a real battle to fight. Y'all better get at it. No, our God is is a forerunner into the battle for us. He enters in in front of us to make a way for us where there is no way to set us up to win the battle because he's already fighting for us. Do you believe that? I don't think so. Notice what it says. Notice what it says, which goes before you as a consuming fire. So there's the characteristic of him going before you. Now, fire burns up everything in its way. Don't let me get started. The Lord, our God, according to Exodus 15, is a man of war. He's a man. Do you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it, brother? He's a man of war. He says, I'm going to burn up everything. So when you come in, 
All y'all have to do is blow on it and it'll fall over. I'm talking principles of faith here. And you know that's true. Here it is. Notice what he says. And he shall bring them down before your face. So shall you drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said unto you. So now what was the job of the uh, Hebrew people when they go into the land? To destroy them and to what? Drive them out. What were the preconditions? Submission to the Lord, trusting that the Lord would go before them because they would have no success if he didn't. Now, did the Lord go before them? Of course he did. See, this is the thing that Joshua discovered when he started kind of perusing the land in the book of Joshua. He ran against up against this angel that was super big. Y'all remember that? And he had his sword drawn. And Joshua is a bad brother. I'll talk about him as we get into the judges. Joshua is a description of the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry when Christ was here. Y'all got that? Because the book of Joshua is about total conquest. All the land is acquired under Joshua. All the land is divided up under Joshua. All the land is piecemeal to every tribe under Joshua. The people of Israel under Joshua were successful. It was only after Joshua died, this becomes the theme. And those that labored with Joshua died, this becomes the theme. Well, it began to be hard for them. For those of you who are keeping with me in terms of biblical theology, this corresponds to when Christ left the world. He left his apostles. I'm getting ready to explain that now. And they were the foundation to the New Testament church. As long as the apostles were preaching, the gospel spread everywhere in the world. The patriarchs are the elders that came after them that knew the apostles. The gospel continued to spread. About 200 years in, the gospel waned off because godly men died. Did y'all get that? This is where we are today in our world. Where godly men are absent, are few, then the power of the gospel is narrowly seen and the people of God are losing their ground. Am I making some sense? All right, so it's important for us to see what's going on here under point number two. Three more verses. Notice what it goes on to say in verse four. Deuteronomy chapter nine, verse four. Speak not thou in your heart after that the Lord your God has cast him out from before thee, saying, for my righteousness, the Lord has brought me into the possession of this land. Do y'all see that? Religious folk do this all the time. The religious folk love to take credit for what God graced them to do. Did y'all get that? Religious folk love to say how God blessed me because of my wisdom, because of my choices, because of my plans, because of my product, because of what I did. Believe me, it goes on a lot. You may even do it and don't even know you're doing it. When you infer that it is the product or the methodology or whatever you are employing that actually blesses you rather than God, you're doing the same thing. It's very important for you to get this. Look at verse, uh, uh, look at the latter part. But for the wickedness of these nations, the Lord doth drive them out before you. Do you see it? So I want you to highlight that in your mind. As we go through the book of Judges and you start getting this wheezy feeling in your stomach because it's a story of war and destruction and genocide, you're going to be struggling with the present day narrative that everything that engages in genocidal war is demonic and hateful and sinful and wicked and evil. That's the world we live in because we're being reconditioned now not to understand just wars. 
We're being reconditioned now not to understand how the Lord has acted throughout history. The presupposition on the part of many Christians is there's no time where God has a right to destroy nations. That's the way people think. Are y'all hearing me? Right. Well, I'm, gonna give, I'm just going to put one caveat and then I'm going to continue. If God doesn't have a right to destroy nations, who does? Who does? If our God doesn't have a right to determine and to decree when nations have gone so bad and so rotten and so demonic and have committed allegiance to the devil from one generation to the next generation, and only God can see the heart. Only God knows from one generation to another generation the rottenness of a people that could make the world worse. Am I making some sense? Only God knows. Only God knows in this secular world that wants to get rid of God would love to think that we'll be all right if we just get rid of God because God's the one creating all these wars. I think not. I think not. I think wherever you have a group of people who have gotten rid of God, they all become little demigods and go to war amongst themselves. Am I making some sense? Right. I'm going to share with you my common sense given to me by the grace of God. I'm not sure whenever any other human being has a right to do anything else to another human being within a judicial system or a structure of jurisprudence or what have you, whether or not they are right or wrong. This I do know, as long as there's a God in heaven that can give a plumb line of righteousness and determine whether or not men and women should be punished for their sin, then maybe you and I have some hope. Does that make some sense? Because what we do know is our world is full of evil. And what we do know is that God restrains evil, does he not? And what we do know is that he restrains evil with good laws. Is that not what we know? We know that God gives laws. He gives authority in order to quell evil. And this is what smart men learn how to do. Because I grew up rebelling against all authority. I have a handful of people in the house who know what I'm talking about. Mad at my daddy, mad at my relatives. I'm in that anti-authoritarian mode. All I was doing was playing God. Am I telling the truth? And I went from bad to worse because the ways of a transgressor are what? That's exactly right. And once you come to know the true and the living God, you realize there is a God of justice and a God of mercy. And when you put your hands in that God of mercy, he knows how to deliberate your life in a way where you learn how to do good and dwell in the land and God prosper you and you stop acting a fool. And you stop messing up your blessings and God starts to restore you and then allow you to work for him, for his glory. Am I making some sense? Right. Everybody else is on the rebellion track. That's Satan's whole system. Tear it all down. Tear it all down. So our God says the reason why you're in this state of blessedness is because I have chosen to destroy them for their wickedness. Now, y'all remember what God had told Abraham back in Genesis 15. Your children are going to go into Egypt for 400 years. And after that, they're going to come out with great spoil. And I'm doing this until the iniquity of the Amorites come to a full. In other words, God is quiet when he lets nations live in open rebellion against him for a season. And then God brings judgment. Do you guys understand that? He does that because he knows how to manage our world. 
And for you and me, we need to just hold our peace when we are in those kind of precarious terms because we don't necessarily know what's going on. What you and I should always pray for is that the king of glory is actually operating in the affairs of men so that the outcome pleases him, even if we don't understand it. You and I don't get to sit on the throne judging God, determining what nations live and what nations die. Every man is actually dealing with his own conscience and heart before God. And to the degree that we matriculate up into positions of authority and rule over masses of people to whom much is given, much is what? So God raises up kings and God sets down kings and God does whatsoever pleases him. And the people of God got to be happy with that. And on that note, we will close out today's broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand, the ministry of Grace Bible Church right here in Hayward. If you have questions about our broadcast, maybe you would like to spend some time with us worshiping the Lord. We would love to see you. You can get all of that information and reach out to us through our website at grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Listen to past sermons as well as guest preachers. Again, at our website, grace-bible.com. We'll even let you have any of the notes, sermon notes, that are available from these sermons as well. Again, there's an awful lot of resource material available at our website, grace-bible.com. If you'd like to reach out to us by phone, our number is 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. Sunday services here at the church are at 1030. Friday evening Bible study is at 6.30, Tuesday prayer and Bible study again at 6.30, directions and information again at our website grace-bible.com or by calling 510-886-9782. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with this ministry as we reach out to the Bay Area and the world (laughs) on the World Wide Web? We do so because we are linking arms with other listeners such as yourself. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your gifts, no matter the size and no matter the volume, are great help as we continue this ministry called Way of Grace. Consider that as you reach out to us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.